Okay, first of all, welcome everybody to our Confession of Faith study. We're on our last three paragraphs in the Christ the Mediator chapter, which is chapter 8. At the completion of the 8th chapter, before going into chapter 9 on salvation, we're going to have a quiz on the first 8 chapters. And the winning team, the winning team will get like a monumental prize. Like it's not, it's not like a mediocre, like $20, you know, Is there a Breville espresso machine? Sorry, sorry. Who's ready for Richard's allowed? Richard's questions are going to be super advanced. It's going to be like, name all 121 divines or like stuff like that. Just random stuff. Actually, I'm going to quiz Richard on like pop culture or something. Oh, I got it. Yeah, we'll team it up. Uh, I'm thinking through it. You might have. I'm thinking through it. You'll get a. You'll get a week's notice. You will get ample notice on this. Uh, but anyways, the, the winning. The winning team of the quiz will have like a monument. It'll be a substantial prize. When is it not thirteen? It should be. Wait, in four weeks it's Easter Sunday. It might be Easter Sunday. Well, there's three paragraphs left, and then yeah, and then the week after. That. Don't worry, you will get notice. You will get ample notice on this. So begin your re um, begin your review of the first of the first eight chapters. I think it'll help you to remind yourself of those things. If you have a copy of the Confessing the Faith. It'll, it'll somewhat help, right? And I'll give you an example questions, so like we'll walk through these things. Anyways, with that said, announcement done. Today we're on 8.6. If there's anyone in your group who does not have a copy of the Confession of Faith, please just forward that to them, whether it be a link or an actual copy. Um, and today we're on chapter 8.6. So please turn to your Confession of, confession of Faith uh, and turn to 8.6. <laughs> Last week we looked at, of course, Christ the Mediator, who is our only Mediator, and as he is truly man, truly God, full of Spirit, he was able to fully satisfy God's justice. So we discussed particularly that point. Okay, who has who has eight point six ready, and um, can read it for us? Eight point six. Who has it ready? Why are you touching and can read it for us. <laughs> yeah, use your words. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> I can do it. Okay, David Chung's gonna read it for us. Let's give him our attention. Although the work of redemption was not actually wrought by <coughs> sorry, Christ till after his incarnation, yet the virtue of efficacy and uh, benefits thereof were communicated unto the elect in all ages successively uh, from the beginning of the world in and by those promises, types, uh, and sacrifices wherein he was revealed and signified to be the seed of the woman which should bruise the serpent's head and the lamb slain from the beginning of the world, uh, being yesterday and today the same and forever. Thank you. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. This is a... Uh, um, let, let us pray and then we'll contemplate on the contents of this program. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much as a church that we can study together. At times these things can seem uh, purely theoretical. Um, information at times are, is consumed simply as such. But Lord, as we digest some of the things that are here, um, I pray that they would uh, really lead uh, to a, a practice of these, um, of these teachings um, and these ideas uh, put into place into our uh, practice of faith and life as we live it out, as we live to be like Christ. I, have, I hope that these things uh, would really help in our understanding of who we are um, in light of Christ being our mediator and um, just living in light of that. Thank you so much for praying all this in Christ's name. Okay, so today's particular paragraph is, I think, far more, I guess, complex than last week's. Uh, last week's was, I think, I think, a little bit simpler, if I could say that fairly. Uh, but I still think, you know, there's a lot to, or there's, a simplicity to what is being taught here today. However, your scripture proofs, if you can, if you look at the bottom, is is quite short. There's only uh, four texts for today, so I do recommend you looking at all of those texts. That's Galatians 4, uh, Genesis 3, Revelation 13, and Hebrews 13. That will help you to understand some of these things here. In your groups, um, if you could, you know, really put together um, just some questions and some thoughts that you might have. It's not so much uh, in your discussion. Uh, the point just try and um, get to, I guess, uh, just just answering questions, if you will, but really trying to contemplate these things and thinking through um, how this applies, right, in our uh, practice of faith and life. So um, I hope that I hope that helps. But in your groups, yeah, just discuss the content together. If there's anything that's missing, the reason we broke um, or misunderstood, sorry. The reason we broke up into smaller groups is I think our groups just got too large, um, where not everyone was able to contribute a thought. So th I'm hoping that this will allow for more of you to interact with, um, with the text. So uh, please um, take chance and opportunity to share and uh, inquire, even if it's not a, I, I think this is what this means, but more of a, I don't know what this means and I'd like to know what this means. That's fine, that's contribution, so we'd love to hear that. With that said, I'll give you some time uh, our DJ Mikey will DJ for us, and uh, we'll give you a few minutes to contemplate. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Okay, let's bring it back together. Feel free to end your final thoughts. It's been like a week, bro. Right? I know, too long. Okay, first of all, how did the, uh, I mean, it was nice hearing more than three voices. Um, how did it go? Like, is this better, or? This group was really loud. <laughs> <laughs> just, sit, just sit over here next time. <laughs> just kidding. John's screaming. But yeah, so I, I think we'll try like a different format just to maybe like just help uh, everyone interact. And be able to um, share a thought or two, but hopefully, it, hopefully it did help. Um, it's gonna be hard to maybe like cover everyone's thoughts. We'll just kind of popcorn style it. Um, whatever group had something that kind of stood out, or a question that lingered, or a discussion that was very fruitful, we'd love to hear sort of um, what that discussion was, or the content of that was. Um, so anyone can just kind of start. Just raise your hand, you can ask a question, you can make a statement. Share what your group talked about. And, you know. All right, Jet. We have two questions. Two questions. Okay. Um, sorry, we're gonna jump to near the end. That's fine. Um, so the first one was, 
Okay, well, no. So the, the whole first part is just talking about how um, Christ's sacrifice yes. is kind of, it's effectiveness proved like for all of eternity. Yeah. So like, you know, like even before mm-hmm. uh, Christ's death. But it says nearing the first of the, that nearing the end of the first sentence, it says the lamb was slain from the beginning of the world. Um, and so we're a little bit confused by that because although we know that Christ's death you know, has the power over all of eternity. All of eternity. Mm-hmm. The actual action of him being slain was yeah. not technically in the beginning. Right. So we are a little bit curious about that. So that's the first question. And so just to specify the question, yeah, yeah. it is exactly that what? Sorry, oh, sorry what's the question? <laughs> um, like, what, what does it mean by like the lamb slain from the beginning of the of world? The world. Okay. Right? And then the second question would be, uh, Tambi was wondering, it says Jesus Christ is yesterday and today and forever the same, but why does it specifically specify yesterday and today when that's already kind of implied with forever? <laughs> yes. Well, playing with semantics, bro. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> Hebrew is author. The same yesterday, the today, and forever. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, why forever would encompass forever? Why the yesterday and today? Shakespeare was a poet. Absolutely. Okay, let's deal with the first question. Um, so your question is when it reads at the end of the paragraph and the lamb slain from the beginning of the world um, and your question is he had not been slain the lamb was not yet slain so how does that work or how does that operate sure. um, any answers all right Asli? okay Ivy um, my thought would be that like God had orchestrated this plan for Christ to to come into the world and be the sacrificial lamb, like for the elect, um, from the beginning of time. So mm-hmm. it refers to Christ as the lamb who was slain from the beginning of time. Like that's that mm-hmm. would be the reason why. Yes, I mean I think that really gets to the heart of it, right? The it's hard to capture the idea of it because it's just one really long sentence. Um, especially in the historic version, like the original version, it's kind of just elongated with like semicolons and colons and commas. Um, but if you kind of just get rid of some of the details in between, like the comma statements, it's basically, although the work of redemption was not actually wrought being accomplished by Christ till after his incarnation, yet the virtue, efficacy, and benefits thereof were communicated unto the elect in all ages successfully from the beginning of the world and, and you can kind of just like skip ahead the lamb slain from the beginning of the world being yesterday today same forever so it's really speaking of like how the efficacy of christ's like of the lamb being slain right towards the elect that was that's just constant right that it's never like there's a period of time where the lamb is not you know it doesn't like come into play so to speak, in the picture, that it's always that case, right? So it's what it's really centering us towards is understanding that whether you are a believer now or a believer in the time of the New Testament or the time of the Old Testament or prior to that, uh, at any point in history, that all are saved um, in accordance with their faith in Christ, right? That Christ is the mediator, no matter what, when you were alive, it doesn't matter, right? So... Uh, although the event had not yet occurred, the efficacy was still in play. Right, towards the left. Your second question. Um, 
Why does it write, or why does it state that uh, he, I think it means Christ, right, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, uh, when forever would encompass the entirety of it? Um, any thoughts on this one? <laughs> Greek say <laughs> <laughs> the Greek what like original manuscript of of this the confession of faith the no. original is English no no the verse <laughs> oh which verse the Hebrews thirteen eight verse yeah yeah <laughs> it says yesterday today <laughs> 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 uh, Richard you had a thought yeah I think um the point is that. This is like so related to last week or the week before. Like yeah. The point is that in order to get right with God, we need a perfect righteousness and satisfaction or payment yeah. for the debt. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the only one who did that is Christ. So that work needs to be the same for yesterday, today, and forever. So people who came before, yeah. people during his time, people now. Yeah. It's the same payment that we all um, lay hold of by faith, right? I think it's the tendency for one to believe that um, Christ's death on the cross and then uh, his uh, resurrection, like his incarnation and then his death and, and, and then resurrection are only applied to the New Testament believers. Like, it's like a post-New Testament thing, right? But that's not the case, right? Um, we see that that's absolutely not true. And so I think this is just kind of emphasizing that point, right? That whether you are Moses in the Old Testament or the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, that it's still your faith in the mediator um, provided by God uh, who saves you. Right? It's just that Paul knew his name and Moses did not. Right. Yes? So, adding on to that, Aaron brought a quick question. Like, he was actually wondering like, mm -hmm. how the, because I guess the work of redemptive work of Christ has been done, mm -hmm. hasn't been done in the Old Testament, so how can they get salvation, right? Right. But I guess you just answered it by because there's a lot of foreshadowing in the Old Testament uh, for Christ to come. Yeah. And they had um, faith in this Jesus to come. I guess that's mm -hmm. that was the way uh, that they were able to get salvation. Yes, ultimately it's, it's the object of your faith, right? But uh, it's a valid question to ask if the actual work of Christ had not yet been completed, um, as it even writes, right, it says, although the work of redemption was not actually accomplished yeah. until all of this happened, the incarnation of Christ, um, how can we say with confidence that people prior to Christ's incarnation um, could be saved, right, by an event that not, had not yet occurred? Any thoughts on this? It's valid. Very good question. Any thoughts? So we know it's a faith in Christ to come. But if the work is not yet complete, how can that possibly save you if the work itself is not yet done? Animal sacrifice. Sorry? Animal sacrifice. Animal sacrifice? Okay. How so? That's a human work, though. That's but not that a, a faith alone. But that was the means that God gave to Old Testament believers to... Well, was it efficacious? No. Like Fancy term there? It just means effective. Sorry, can you repeat that? I made her Um Repeat, please, please. That was really good. Uh, it would be a benefit. It's not the act itself, 
that like saves them, but it's the faith that they have in doing the act, knowing that like this is God's means to mm. to account for their sin. May I share a verse? Absolutely, sir. So uh, Abraham, Genesis, mm. Abraham fifteen. Five, six. I don't have a book of Abraham. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Look now towards heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he says, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Right. Yes. So, and then in John 8, Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Um, Abraham knew my day, and he rejoiced to see my day. So, a Abraham like in a fuzzy kind of way, knew about Christ. He rejoiced in Christ's day. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he was united to Christ. Yes. And then in that union, he receives the righteousness of right. Christ. Right? So, yeah. 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 And to what, like, Teresa was saying, so I think, like, because they were kind of necessary. The animal sacrifices were kind of necessary at the time. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to the efficacy of the animal <laughs> sacrifices <laughs> themselves, <laughs> I think it was a symbolic representation of the cost of sin, right? Mm -hmm. So the cost of sin, the wages of sin is death. And so blood needed to be shed um, to kind of symbolize the, um, just like the, the terribleness of mm -hmm. our sins. Um, and the Bible is very descriptive on like, you know, describing like the, the process of these animal sacrifices mm -hmm. and, you know, like Middle Eastern desert, right? Yeah. Um, with hundreds or thousands of lambs just being slain for mm -hmm. looking at someone incorrectly, you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, but to, like, so I think it was a symbolic representation, and obviously we don't do that anymore because, you know, Jesus was the lamb, Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it'd be weird if we did, like, slay more lambs then, because that's, um, you just don't understand yeah. that Jesus was that person, but the verse you're talking about, so when when Abraham believed in the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness, yeah. um, there is the component where God just kind of like, okay, get, like kind of like, because Jesus wasn't here mm -hmm. at that time, and like you said, the work is not he had not yet done. incarnated exactly mm -hmm. right, and so apparently, <clears throat> according to the Bible, um, just believing. And even a future concept or a future yeah. prom a future promise, promise. a future promise um, was sufficient yeah. Yeah. Uh, for God to credit someone and. But it still does not speak to the question that's being asked. So I don't think what we're asking is does faith in a Christ to come or faith in or faith in a Christ that has come. That's not where I think Aaron's question is aligning, or at least if if I can speak mm -hmm. on your behalf, I think what he's asking is the effect of the cross and its work, Christ. Um, coming and then his work on the cross and his life on our behalf, how does that work backwards in time? And so um, the, the thing I would say is like, for us we like to think um, in the framework of time, right? So if I were to do something uh, for someone else, like um, I don't know, like let's say Mikey was about to get hit by a truck and I pushed him out of the way and I took that hit and then I was crippled for the rest of my life, right? Um, something has fundamentally shifted and that work of grace on my end in helping him uh, from now on it changes the dynamic so from that point forward there is an efficacy of that work that I've completed right but in Christ's case on the cross I think it spans all of time so the cross's work does not just from this mo point on now it's a it, it's a efficacy is now in effect but it's always been so 
everything uh, in the Old Testament and prior to the cross is pointing to the cross, and so its effic efficacy is reflected then um, back onto those people. And then post-cross, everything is being now projected onto those post-crucifixion, post, uh, right? So no matter where you are in human history, um, the cross is at the center in terms of where your faith must align. Yeah. Can I ask a question? So yes. Are you kind of saying like, let's say I'm borrowing money from a bank, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's say a credit card. Okay. And I just keep going in debt. Yeah. Okay. And I don't have the means to pay off that debt. But I know. Sounds very familiar. Like my <laughs> great, 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 great grandson mm -hmm. will become a millionaire and just pay mm -hmm. that off. Yeah. And so, I'm not spending recklessly, mm -hmm. and but the, the reality is is that I can't get out of the situation, right? Mm -hmm. But my great, 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 great grandson will one day become a billion, a billionaire, right? Yeah. And I know somehow he will become a billionaire and he will be able to pay off that debt so yeah. it's like yeah I have debt right now but I know one day this guy will pay it off like is that kind of similar-ish yes Jordan uh, just based on what you said in terms of time yeah because I was thinking about it because if Christ death sacrificed only atoned for present up until that moment in future it wouldn't make sense because the effects of sin had already begun into this world since since the start of creation itself, since Adam and Eve. So, and when you think of sin, like the effects of sin, if you, like how, we, I forget who said it, but if if I punch Mikey severely, <laughs> hopefully not, <laughs> but no, something ch changes, right? <laughs> our fa my face or our relationship man like it's played out oh, you know? oh, Jordan's <laughs> fist has changed <laughs> forever the, the, like the, the spiritual consequences of that has like we say it has eternal life in hell but on this side of earth it has like real life consequences right and that's and that that effect of sin only um, propagates propagates mm -hmm. until the end of time so Christ's sacrifice wouldn't be sufficient unless he deals with sin in its entirety in terms of temporal temporally yeah because um, mm -hmm. if it didn't then Christ didn't die for all our sins only specific sins and yeah. that wouldn't make him God that would just make him and to Teresa's point kind of turning it back because I thought her point was actually really enlightening. I think it was the most, I think, um, I guess biblically rooted is that what we see in the Old Testament when it comes to the prophecies, uh, the different rituals, right, specifically the sacrificial rituals, uh, the different pointers to Christ, right? So, you know, the, the big king or like other things, like the messianic symbols that were given to the Israelites, all of those things were pointing to Christ, his coming, and ultimately his sacrifice. But the event itself, in terms of detail, was, as Richard said, fuzzy, right? Like, they just didn't know. They didn't know the name, they didn't know when or how it would happen, what kind of, like, what kind of death it would be, or, like, anything like that. All uh, those... It describes it, the death. But the those... Person. Right, I mean, like, but it, it, they wouldn't have known in specific detail, as we do, that it was a Roman cross on yeah. which he died, right? Like, they wouldn't have that idea. But, um, to Teresa's point, when someone is coming to the altar, to the high priest, to give their sacrifice... What they are acknowledging there is the same thing that we're acknowledging at the foot of the cross. I am a sinner, God is holy, and I am in need of cleansing. 
And that is what is being presented, right? In the same, that same faith is being presented and, and, and is demonstrated by those who come to the altar, right? Richard. Yeah, so to Aaron's question, First uh, Peter one nineteen, you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in his last days for you. So like, in God's mind, because Christ was planned in God's mind in eternity, and in God's mind, it's a guaranteed event, and it's going to happen. And that's why there's, the word virtue in, in older English means like power, right? So the power of it in God's mind is already actualized, even though it didn't happen in history. And based on God's decrees and his planning out of all things, like he sees that there's power, it's going to happen, and therefore he can apply it to people before it happens. And we know this to be true because in Genesis 3.15, in one of the scripture proofs, we're shown at the very beginning, from the outset of sin, from the very moment that they're kicked out of that garden, that a plan is already in place. Like, it already was in place. It always was the plan, right? <coughs> and there's no, like, adjustment needed on God's end, but that it was always going to be the cross, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah? So is it just like, if I was uh, someone from the Old Testament, and I'm talking to God, I'm like, okay, I know there is... Messiah to come. Mm -hmm. I don't really know his name, mm -hmm. but I will sacrifice this animal because mm -hmm. I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I trust that this being yeah. who will come in the future, yeah. whom I don't know, yeah. I trust in him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Like, we kind of look at that and go, whoa, that's crazy because that's, like, not enough detail for me to believe, right? <coughs> but think about it. You have all the details and you still have trouble believing. Mm -hmm. right? like, who do they... No, no, but like, we, well, say, we like, can't. Thank you, Jesus, right? Yeah, no, but well, we can't. Well, I mean, God, like the <laughs> Lord, you, right? Like, like the Lord, right? But <laughs> the the thing is, like, we tend to we tend to diminish the faith of the Old Testament people because we're like, well, they don't have the details of who, like, the, or the name, uh, the event, the moment, the the gospels are not present for like the, the the narrative of the gospels. They don't have the parables. They don't have the teachings. They don't have any of the events of Christ. Uh, the virgin birth, any of that, it, how could it be that they could have faith uh, even like like similar to us, right? Mm -hmm. And yet we have that record and dare I say our faith is not any better. Right? Yeah. Are you? Um, wait, so I asked this to my group, but I don't really know what the answer was. But <laughs> so, yeah. you your own, that's why. so the the people in the Old Testament um, yes. who were given this kind of like fuzzy information, um, was it like now how like the Holy Spirit like convicted something in them to understand and like believe that, or was it just them taking it and being like, oh yeah, I believe that? The Holy Spirit didn't come at that With time. With their free will. So it was with their... No, no, are you asking that? Is it, was it by their free will or was it by the Spirit that they were Yes. Because then Teresa brought up the point, like, oh, was the Holy Spirit there, like, in the Old Testament? And then we were talking about that. Well, the Holy Spirit's God, so certainly there in the sense, right? <laughs> Not in the sense, maybe, like, if we're talking about, like, even Jesus was there, but he wasn't incarnated yet, right? Mm -hmm. If that's what you're speaking of. But um, she means in you, though, right? Spirit. Dwelling in us. Okay, yeah. very good question. Yeah. That's a very important question. That's a... Very deep theological question. Yeah, yeah uh, I had another hand here, Esther. Or is before before we get to is that related or not? Uh, it's not related. It's okay, so hold on to yeah, that. Uh, someone had a hand here to comment on Arya's thing. Was it you, Mikey? No. Oh, well, I, I, well, my my opinion is no because okay. The holy, the, yeah, you're right. Like in the sense, like God is everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. But the 
the Holy Spirit, I think Arya is referring to, yep. like in us, yeah. is the, cost. the helper that Jesus described sure. that will come, come. Um, after he resurrects, right? But, so, but Psalm 51, <laughs> after, after David uh, sins, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Also, we have the Divi uh, uh, we have the kings of Israel who are um, where he articulates in Saul that the spirit of God had left him, and then mm -hmm. in David too the spirit of God was with him. Mm -hmm. right. Also, we I mean if we believe that canon of the canon of Old Testament is written by the Holy like the inspiration of the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, yeah. then it must be that the Holy Spirit was at work and in play in the Old Testament period. So, yeah. yeah, because like yes, yes. at the same time like you can't apart from the help of God, like, just believe. You know what I mean? Oh, at like, all. Yeah, that's you what I'm saying, right? the, the faith is a gift of God, right? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, like, was it the like the woman at the well who, you know, was obviously... The Samaritan woman at the yeah, well? Yeah, the Samaritan woman yeah. who, despite even, like, her, you know, lower education, um, knew that she was talking to, like, Jesus asked him, like, do you know who I am? And then says, you are the Savior that is to come. Um, is that the story? Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> uh, John Ford, Samaritan woman at the well, He, she has an understanding, she has a particular Samaritan understanding of the Messiah, yeah. known as the Taheb. And the Taheb is a person uh, it, who is a messianic figure yeah. within the Samaritan uh, community. And... Um, but it was just, they just didn't believe anything beyond Deuteronomy. So they only read Genesis to Deuteronomy and everything else they viewed as like Jewish propaganda. Oh, so she didn't know he was So she Messiah. would have had a lesser understanding of the Messiah oh, because so much of the rest of the Old Testament speaks to the Messiah. Like, whether it be Isaiah or Daniel or... Was anything. there like anyone who knew? <laughs> like perfectly? Perfectly? What do you mean by perfectly? Not perfectly, though? but is there anyone who knew like, oh, this, like Mary must have known. John the Baptist? Or, right, right. Or Mary? <laughs> <laughs> you think Mary knew? Ma like Virgin Mary? Yeah. Uh, no, she was startled and scared by the angel Gabriel. <laughs> but like afterwards, when she gave birth. After she gave birth? Yeah. I mean, she's given a prophecy, and the birth actually happened. I'm sure she had some understanding, but not a full understanding of who who he was, right? Because I mean, you can imagine like giving birth to a child with very childlike features, uh, doubting whether this is truly God, right? Realizing it's human dependency on its earthly mother would cause, I think, at least a moment of doubt at best. But Mary, too, with this human, she's not perfect. Um, but yeah, great questions. Um, all right, did that satisfy your question? Yes, sorry, I have a follow-up question, though. Sure. Um, so then talking about, like, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, yep. um, for those who, like... <coughs> okay, so like, I know, like, there's, like, the elect, Yep. But if like you're like through like your journey of like like you're saved for example like at like at like fifteen or something mm -hmm. prior to the Holy Spirit still there just like and you're just so blind to it or it's like he only like enters like after. Fantastic question. Any thoughts, Christians? <coughs> the latter. I don't understand. Can you rephrase? Question it? is prior to you becoming a confessing believer, so before your conversion, does the Holy Spirit? Because eternally God knows, like, you're going to be, like, you're predestined, right? Does the Holy Spirit kind of, like, camp out and wait for you to make that confession? <laughs> or like does he enter at the like point of confession? Like, after <laughs> after confessing faith, do you no, now have the dwelling of the Spirit in you? Great question. That's very good. Uh, someone had a hand. 
Jesse? I'm not very confident. <laughs> it's okay, the Holy Spirit is doing in you. Um, is it after salvation? So after the actual conversion process. The conversion? Ooh, we got we got scriptural proof now. Wow. So this is next level. Tony is rapidly looking for scriptural proof for his home. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Wow. That guilty laugh. I got caught. That guilty laugh. Uh, okay, so 2 Corinthians 1, verse 21. Okay. Okay, so that's seal and then the spirit. Teresa, you had a point? He's at work prior because typically we don't go like zero to 100, mm -hmm. but he doesn't like permanently indwell until the moment of salvation. Mm, interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. Sasha. I thought, I would think after because of the sanctification process. Because I would okay. think it like kind of the dog descends and then the Holy Spirit starts sanctifying the person. Okay, David? My question that I've always had was like, how do you even come to know God if you don't have the Holy Spirit? Like within you, you know? mm. how can you recognize God? Because we're under the understanding that, like, we as our human selves can never even hope to be close to God without the help of the Spirit. Okay, so how can we profess? Wow. So we're kind of rewinding back That's to amazing, David. Uh, our earlier chapters yeah. where we talked about the illumination of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit in us. How do you get a point? I was going to say uh, the Bible also says, like, yeah. we're dead, right? In our um, Transgression. Yes. So how can we have a spirit if we're dead? Mm, you know? Okay. So. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this? Yes, Ivy. Um, Ephesians one thirteen says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, mm -hmm. the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Spirit. Right. So the sign is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So it seems to indicate, at least scripture seems to indicate to us, Aria, that, yep, yeah, Jimmy, sorry. Can I also contribute? Of course. Um, I think there is. I was reminded of what Peter said to uh, what Peter said to the Jews at Pentecost, where in Acts two thirty eight he said, Peter replied, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." Mm. Very nice. Very very clear there, right? Sorry, I think it's pretty clear in Scripture that prior to one's regeneration. So typically there's this thing called Ordu Salutus, if you want to look it up, it's Order of Salvation. Um, and is it 12, Richard? 12 things? 12 stuff? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm it's, it's just like some people be disagreeing. Yeah, there's a lot of disagreement on this, but I find it helpful to just look at it to understand some of the mechanisms that scripture speaks of when it comes to conversion. Now this is not a, you know, a science, so it's not going to be like this is how it works, but uh, I think one thing that all Christians, even Armenians and Calvinists, would agree on this, that regeneration is the work of the Spirit. And that regeneration is the key to salvation, like the key to you like, like being like totally open to and hearing and finally seeing the truth for what it is. That is the work of the Spirit, and that doesn't happen until that moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. So prior to that, then, is like the devil dwelling in us? The devil is always dwelling in you. Change. Not you, but like <laughs> 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 you scared, bro? Yeah. 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 scared you straight, bro. Whether it's pre or post, whether it's pre or post conversion, there is a force of demonic. The demonic forces are. It's not like fair to call someone like satanic, though, right? Like, yeah, you're, you're not possessed. 
by the devil. But right? some people could be. Could be, but yeah. I mean... I'm scared. Uh, was it Charles Spurgeon who said, don't think so highly of yourself, the same would waste his time possessing you? No. Oh. I think it was Spurgeon. Sheesh. Yeah. Hey, I'm not a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Because like people are saying, the devil's in me, the devil's in me, but like... He's like, come on, like he sends his like little weaklings and he gets he, just, he himself does not need to go and attack you, right? He doesn't need to. Um, but it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a play on words. But it's not to say that we're possessed by a demon, right? But it's to say that demonic forces are at play in the world, right? In the world around us and in our flesh to draw us to things that are not of God and take us away from God and cause us to sin. And to what battles that, of course, is for the believer, the power of the spirit, the force of spirit. So Paul speaks of spirit versus flesh, kind of constantly in this tug of war, so to speak. Uh, Luther would talk about the bondage of the will, right? In bondage to these two things. Um, great. This is crazy. That that was a crazy, like... Yo, that was like, you know, remember those old Nokia phones with snake on it? It's like you just get like one pixel at a time. I think 98 average to get it. 99, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No! Any other questions or thoughts or uh, anything that you guys wanted to share from your groups that were of value? We'd love to hear it. I know you don't have to feel too burdened. Yes. Oh, Esley, yes. I remember you had a hand. Sorry. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll pu push that aside. Um, okay. I'll ask the group question first about sure. the word types. Types, yes. Um, so part of the, the narrative 8.6 talks about those promises, types, and sacrifices. So we kind of, I think we kind of understand promises and sacrifices already, yeah. but we were asking about types, and I yeah. asked Richard a little bit just yeah. to get an idea, yeah. but you know, just throwing it out to the, the group for what types means. Yeah, types are like typo, like Christological types, or typologies, so to speak, so, to speak. so uh, things in scripture in the Old Testament that would have pointed to, to Christ, right? And it's a type of Christ, but it's not Christ himself, right? Um, and that's really what it is. Like, Ultimate is just full of this stuff, like various things that continuously point to to the Christ. Uh, so it's various. Yeah, so other than these sacrifices and the promises, it's everything else as a type that points to Jesus, right? But it's it could be a multitude of things. It's not particularly one thing. But a types, I think, is just a word that kind of encompasses so many different things that point to Jesus. Anything else? Uh, and my, like, really off to the side, more of a comment is, like, it's kind of crazy if you think about during the Old Testament of the amount of people that are not saved. Right. Because they weren't part of the, the chosen people. So if you, throughout history, just think about it. That's right. Gentiles weren't. Like, they weren't part of this thing, right? So the millions. The Koreans were screwed. Billions. 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 Yeah, who knows, right? Like, yeah. throughout history. Because the Gentile thing was after Jesus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is well, well. We have we have in Jericho, right, a prostitute woman who was brought into the Israelite camp. We also had uh, Jonah going to the Ninevites, um, and you could argue. I mean, there's a there's a few actually. Yeah, it's a few, but yeah, you're right. It was first to the everybody else, or even like uh, Ruth and Boaz. Ruth being like an actual ancestor to Jesus. Or uh, my favorite, Hagar. Hagar. Hagar? You think about the Koreans back then. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the Billy. It's true. It's true. 
just a general thought. Um, yeah, it's a profound thought, right? But the plan never was to confine this, um, I guess, this family of God to be just solely one ethnic group, right? It was never. I mean, people who say that just haven't read the Old Testament, let alone the New, right? <laughs> There's uh, people today who still think it's just for Jews. You might say that. You might say that. Some people say that. The Jews might say that. Um, any other questions or thoughts? Well, hopefully that covered some grounds in terms of 8.6. If you have further questions, feel free to talk and chat. Uh, we'll just take a break after. But allow me to pray and uh, we'll end this time. Gracious God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to converse on Christ the Mediator. We're told here today that the accomplished work of Christ um, has incredible, infinite span of efficacy across all time, yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, we honor and praise him for that, and we thank him for that, uh, for his sacrifice uh, is efficacious to us in helping us and benefiting us to be uh, the elect and to be saved. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Thanks,